Morning, church. We are so glad to have you here worshiping with us this morning. You guys may notice our kids are in service with us today, which we are so blessed to have them here. So blessed. Um, I think we sang a song that said that too, so that's fitting, that's fitting. But uh, so if you guys don't know what we're doing, um, we do something that's called the foundation uh, service, and this is usually done the last Sunday of the month. That's where we invite the kids in to stay with us because we're going to go over some different topics that we need to really, really build our foundation on, right? Because in scripture, it tells us Psalms 11.3, it says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, church, we're going to do something. We're going we're to build our foundation on Jesus Christ. And also, we're going to teach our kids how to be, build the foundation on Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's what we, our responsibility as parents, as Christ followers need to do, is we need to lift our kids up on the foundations of what Scripture tells us is right. Amen. So, so that's what we do at the, uh, at the last Sunday of every month. And so a couple, we've went over some tough, tough conversations, tough topics. Well, this week, we're going to talk about why Sci- or how science and faith can be friends. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> I call security on her in the first service. I might be able to take him. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could. I think you could. Now, I'm just wondering, you said science and faith are friends, but how can science and faith be friends? Because in our world, we really hear more like they're enemies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, we, maybe... Maybe we could just look at it in a different way and help, you know, the kids and even the adults understand how science and faith can be friends. You know, I think it would start out with some definitions. Mm -hmm. Because, see, here's what a friendship is. A friendship is defined as having mutual trust and support with each other. So if we want science and faith to be friends, they have to get along, Mm -hmm. okay? But let's look at the um, example or the definition of faith. The kids have been learning this all summer long. And Ty had even shared it with us. Faith is trusting in what you can't see because of what you can see. So for example, I can believe that God exists not because I can see him, but because I can see evidence of him. (gasps) That was a science word. That really, evidence is a science word. You're right. Okay. So we might be getting a little bit closer. Might be getting a little bit closer here. Okay. So let's define science now, and maybe this will help. Science is the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation, experimentation, and the testing of theories against the evidence obtained. Asked in first service, do you see why I need notes? (laughs) Sitting my stuff. All right. In other words, the scientific things we know are things that we have seen and tested and made guesses and theories about and based on evidence that we find. So maybe science and faith could work together. Now I wanna ask you guys, I'd like to see a show of hands, especially from the kids. Has anyone here heard of a word called gravity? Okay, gravity, okay. Now, I need someone to go ahead and just show it to me. Can someone just bring it up here and show? Oh, look, oh, this happened in first service too. Oh, nice one, Allie. Okay, she threw something and it came down, so. All right, so how is this gravity? Oh, okay, let's look, let's, that's great, thank you, you can have a seat. Very good. You know, that was awesome. With no words, he just showed you what gravity was, but let's hear it from Sir Isaac Newton. 
what gravity is. Are you ready for this one? Any two bodies in the universe attract each other with a force that is directly proportional to the product of their masses, inversely proportional to the square of the distance between them. Or the kid definition. It's just an invisible force that pulls objects toward each other, like Allie's phone or whatever, <laughs> and like the water bottle, and like my feet to the stage and your bottoms to your chairs, right? It's what's holding us there. And so we can test this and we can see the results that it does exist. In fact, you could even say we have to have faith that gravity is working right now. So if I want science and faith to be friends, I like to look at things a little differently. So I'm thinking, let's look at this with a musical perspective, okay? I'm going to play a note and I'm going to call this note friendship. So pretty. Now I'm going to play a note and call it science. They are not the same two notes, but if they're played together, they work out, don't they? They can get along. They can go together. And it's just like if I brought Jay up here to play his guitar while I was playing the piano, those two musical instruments can work together. In fact, I'd say they could support each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so we can see that science and faith can be friends. Now, this is kind of how the world makes science and faith sound. And that's something in music we call dissonance. It doesn't get along, but we can have science and faith working together. And that's what Jed's going to keep talking to us about this morning. Very good. So Aubrey is exactly right. Science and faith can be friends. But before we even talk about why they can be friends, we, we have to talk about two things real quick, okay? And, and these are things that we need to keep in mind when we're trying to, to see that, that science and faith can really, they can go together, right? And the number one thing that we need to remember is it matters where you start. If you start from a place of faith, you have a better chance of understanding how they can coexist and work together. If you start with a view of uh, a, a view that uh, you don't believe in faith or, or a disbelief view, you're setting yourself up for, I'm not going to say failure, but you're, you're not setting yourself up for, for a chance to win. You know, uh, my son runs track, so I, I, there's a lot of track kids around our house and around our kids all the time. And it's so funny to hear them talk. And, and because they're either really confident or really not confident. And uh, I'm not going to say which one, but there's a boy, and he's like, man, they're so slow. I, they, they could start 20 meters in front of me. I'd still beat them, right? And on the other hand, there's this other boy, and he's like, man, if I start 20 meters ahead of them, I may be able to beat them, right? And the, I think of that, and I was like, man, either way, you don't know where to start, <laughs> right? Either you think you know everything, so you're going to start behind them to catch up, or you're not very sure about what you believe in. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead of them. I'm going to start in front of them. Well, if we want to understand how science and faith can be friends, we have to know where to start. And the one place that we need to start is the truth that Scripture is 100% accurate and God is real. That's where we need to start. We need to start with a place of faith and belief that we know that God is exactly who he says he is. And when we start there, we have a way better chance of understanding and, and knowing exactly what we're trying to get at today. But a lot of times, we don't start where we're supposed to start. A lot of times, because of things that happen in our lives, we start a little back from the, the pack that's starting. You know, if, if we look at a natural disaster, 
A lot of times people look at that and, be, and they're like, well, if God is just, that would have never happened. Well, that's a belief in the storm and not the Savior. That's a, that's a belief in, in, in the power of the storm and not the power of, the God, of, of our God. And, and so that's one that people look at and it really sets them back a little bit. Another one is, you know, when, when there's severe famine and we see these people that are starving to death while we sit at a table and have leftovers for a week, a lot of times people's like, well, if, if God is all providing like people says he is, then, then why would they start at a disadvantage than us? Church, you see what I'm getting at? If we want to understand where we're at and where, where uh, our belief is, can stand found, uh, stand strong on the foundation, we have to know where the start and the start is. God is exactly who he says he is. Then it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what, what, what storm you're going into. It doesn't matter what in your life has broke down. We need to stand on the fact that God is 100% accurate about who he says he is. And a lot of times we struggle with this. Kids, I'm talking to you too. A lot of times we struggle with this because a lot of times we have friends or people around us that they don't start where we start. And a lot of times they don't believe what we believe and they try to, to make their foundation your foundation when in actuality the only foundation you will ever need is that God is exactly who he says he is. So the first one is, and we need to, it needs to matter where we start. And in, in Psalms 14.1 it says, the fool says in his heart there is no God. But when we look at scripture, the very first Scripture that is in the, the very first verse that's in the Bible is in the beginning, who did something? God did. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, that's all it starts with because that is where Scripture started. They started with the belief of God, and so should we. Amen? And so when we look at Scripture, it says, uh, and it says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And he also, and he also, great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in him. When we start with a perspective of belief, we have a way better chance of success. We have a way better chance of doing what we need to do according to God's plan. But when you start with a point of disbelief, you're starting way, way, way after the pack. And it's an uphill climb ever, ever since you start. So number two is when we look at faith and science, if they can be, be friends, number two we need to understand is faith nor science will answer every question you will ever have. If you go into thinking that faith and science will answer every question you will ever have, you're going to be strongly, strongly disappointed. And I always tell people this. I do not want to serve a God that I understand everything that he is doing. I am not that smart, okay? I do not want to serve a God that, that I can see exactly why he's doing something or how he's doing something because that takes away my hunger. That takes away my hunger to pursue everything that he has in store for us. So if you come into, the, into thinking that you're going to understand everything that science says, or you're going to understand everything that God says, you're going to be strongly disappointed. We should not know everything that God has in store for you, your family, or the people around you, but we need to pursue it. Amen? We need to be hungry for it. Right? We, we, need, we need to... I, 
I'm not saying you need to be hangry, but we need, we need to be hungry, right? We need to be hungry for that. And, and so when I, I want to tell you a story that, uh, that it really opened my eyes when I heard it. And there, there's a gentleman, his name was John, uh, John Cavanaugh, and he went and he spent time with Mother Teresa. Everybody knows who Mother Teresa is. And, and he went and spent three months with her, and one of the first encounters he had was with her is he said, Mother Teresa, will you pray for me? And Mother Teresa said, yes, what would you like me to pray for? And he said, I want you to pray for my clarity. Mother Teresa looked at him and she's like, I ain't praying for that. Nope. <laughs> have you guys ever seen that, that comedian online that he does a skit about, have anyone ever asked you to pray about something? You just look at him in the face and be like, I ain't praying for that, right? That's what Mother Teresa did. She's like, I'm not praying for that. I'm not praying for that. And, and he's like, well, what, what do you want to pray? He's like, she's like, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to pray for your clarity, but I will pray that you trust God. Church, that's what we need to do. We all want clarity. We all want to see clearly, but when you see clearly, where's your faith? When you see the next step in front of you, where's your faith? And so we need to understand that we, we are thinking all wrong. We won't walk until we see the next step. That's not faith. Faith is knowing that the next step is there because you trust who put it there. And you walk blindly and you take a step of faith. So, so when we go down our life and the path we're on, you will not know all the answers to your faith questions. But God does. You need to follow him and you need to trust him. But a lot of times we don't do that. A lot of times, instead of walking with faith, we stand with doubts. We can't do that. We have to take a step of faith and we need to walk because we know exactly who built those steps. Jesus was what? What was his profession? Carpenter. He built those steps. You just have to trust him to take them. And so when we, we look at why faith is needed in Scripture in 11, 1, it says, faith is the, in Hebrews, it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen. Have you believed because you have not seen? This is out of John 20, 29. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Church, have you believed without seeing? Because that's what we need to do. We need to believe without seeing because we know who God is and, and we know that not all of our questions are going to be answered. When you look at a lot of things that science has proved, science has gave us some really good things, right? Science has given us different types of sciences, social sciences, uh, physical science. A lot of sciences has given us great things. They have given us things that, that maybe we don't understand but, but they answer questions. Science will never answer all your questions. You know, when we look at something that an unanswered question of science that's still unanswered to this day is time. How many of you guys love to be on time? Not very many. Okay. That's, hey, you made it today. Thank you. How many of you guys like to be early, right? How many of you don't really care as long as you show up? Okay. We got that out of the way. But when we, when we look at time, we trust time. We know if we have a flight and we show up 25 minutes late, we're not going to make that flight, right? We trust the time. We don't trust the airlines, but we, we trust the time, right? If, if you have a doctor's appointment, you get there on time or else maybe you won't see the doctor. We trust time, but church, I want you to listen to this. There is no answers about time, but we trust it. 
Why is time only one direction? Nobody knows. Why can't we turn back time? Nobody knows. But yet there's so many questions about time and not a lot of answers, but we trust time more than we do anything else. Why is that? Why is it because when, when something in, in our biblical walk or our, our spiritual walk, when it happens and we don't understand it, we don't trust it, we doubt it. But yet we don't doubt time, but there's no answers for it. Have you guys, you know, science has given us a lot of things, but there's a lot of things when they, they, we look at it, science has changed over the years. You know, there's been advancement in medical science, which is phenomenal, which I love. Because there's so many people in my life that are here because of medical science. But one thing that science and faith do not have in common is science changes, but Jesus Christ never will. Amen. Science changes all the time. If you don't believe me, we're going to show you some pictures. How many of you guys were alive back in the 70s? You don't have to raise your hand. I trust you. I got faith. <laughs> back in the 70s and the Tour de France, they told all the riders, hey, if you smoke while you ride, it expands your lung capacity. Right? So this was a scientific fact back in the 60s and 70s. Well, they proved that to be wrong. Right? Because science changed and they proved that that is not accurate. That's not true. And then if we look at another one, you know, when we look at one of my favorite breakfast foods is eggs. I love eggs. 20 years ago, you can eat a carton of eggs and it's the best thing for you. Not anymore. Now they have that cholesterol thing going around, right? So science has changed. It's proved that what used to be good for us is now bad for us. Everyone knows who George Washington is. He was the president. Do you know how he died? He had an infection in him, and scientists and medical doctors said, it is proven if we drain your blood, we'll get the infection out. Well, after draining 40% of his blood, he died. So this is what I'm trying to get at through all these stories. Science changes, God never will. So instead of putting your faith in something that changes all the time, now don't get me wrong, there's some great things that, that science and medical professionals and them have been 100% right about. But it can change. But God never will. So our faith needs to be in God because he will never, ever change. Another thing in our lives that is in Psalms 139, it's the science of pregnancy and babies, right? We have faith in that because God, God is the one that created babies. That's never going to change. Amen. Life comes from life. And the true life that will never change is that of God. Church, if you're having trouble putting your faith into something you can't see, something you can't trust, something that you don't understand, I want you to listen to this. God is not going anywhere. You put your faith in him, he's not going to get scared and run away from you. God is not leaving. I know a lot of us struggle with, with, with um, things in our life because we don't like change. Stuff changes in our life like the pictures we showed you and we get scared and nervous and we think they're going to leave. We think things are going to change for the worse. Church, God is not leaving you ever. So we need to have faith in that. You know, I love C.S. Lewis and he's got a couple really good sayings I like. It says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen not only because I see it, because by it I see everything. 
When the sun comes up, you see the sun, but you see everything else because the sun came up. That's what he's saying. We have faith in the sun, but we also have faith in the sun because it's going to show us everything else. And I'm talking S-O-N, right? When the sun comes up, we can see everything else because of the sun. Jesus rose from the dead. He rose like the sun. And because he rose from the dead, we can see everything else. C.S. Lewis also has another, he says this, he says, Christianity, I'm sorry, in science we have been reading only the notes to a poem. In Christianity we find the poem itself. We find the poem. And the poem is exactly what God has told us it would be. It's scripture. Everything we need to know is in scripture. And that's why I am so glad I don't understand all of scripture because if I did, I'd stop reading it. I love getting into scripture and finding new things. This past week alone, I read a story that I've read before. I never really understood it, so I keep getting into it till I understand it. And it's the story of Elisha and the floating axe head. I'm like, how in the world is that possible? I was like, why don't you just go to a true hardware and buy another axe head, right? And, and so I've been in that scripture a lot lately because I just don't understand it very well. Well, when it comes to science... And friends, I'm going to give you three ways why science and friends are good for each other. Number one is science can tell us what and how, but faith tells us why. Science can tell us exactly, exactly what. They could tell us maybe how, but faith tells us our why. Colossians 1.16, it says this, for in him all things were created. Church, I'm going to say that again if you didn't hear it. All things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So when we look at science, the what and the how, they can show us, right? They can show us what's going on. They can show us maybe how it happened. But there is nobody, nobody in your life that can tell you why you are here but God. Your purpose will not come from anybody else but from God. God is the sole provider of your why. People could tell you all day why you're here, and they're probably pretty close, but God is the only one you could trust when they tell you your why. How many of you guys have a kid that was their favorite word growing up? Maybe this is your least favorite kid to this day. <laughs> Don't make eye contact with them. But we all have that kid that that is their favorite question. Why? My mom always told us, when we ask why, I'll be like, why? She's like, because I said so. That was the end of the conversation. That was it. My mom would say, because I said so. Church, we all have the same question at some point in our life. We are all asking kids, adults, teenagers, college kids. We are all at one point in our life asking the question, why? Why am I here? Why am I where I'm at right now? Why am I feeling like this? Why am, am I going through this? Church, if you're asking science for your why, you'll never find it. Your why comes from God and God alone. Science can tell you how. Science can tell you what. But there is nobody that can answer your question of why but God. And that'll make your life so much more productive when you understand that. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. 
Matthew 22, 37 says, And he said to him, You shall love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Ephesians 2, 10 says, For if we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Your wise been prepared before you've even been born. You just have to pursue it. You got to ask for it. God is willing to show you the why. Because he's the only one that has it. Number two, why is science and faith, how can they be friends? And it, science can show us where, faith tells us who. Science can show us where things are located, maps. We got maps all the time. You guys don't know anything about maps under, if you're under 25. <laughs> maps were a paper thing that kept in the glove box that your dad said he never needed. And then an hour later, you were digging it out right? GPS now is on your phone, and we have, more, we have more faith in a GPS than we do in anything else, and we wonder why we get lost, right? I could preach on that all day. I won't. So science can show us where, but faith tells us who. How many of you guys have been on vacation this year? How, how many of you kids have been somewhere beautiful? Maybe the beach, maybe uh, the mountain, maybe you've been somewhere. Have you seen something this past summer, you look at it, and you're like, who in the world did that? We are surrounded by so much beauty, church. Should never be at a question, who did it? God created everything around us. Everything. You know, a couple months ago, I had the, the uh, privilege of going on a mission trip to Thailand. I was there for about 12 days. And when we got there, they said one of our first days, we're, we're going to take an eight-hour trip up the mountains. We're going to go to uh, the Cambodia-Thailand border, and we're going to stay there. We're going to be there for two to three days. And you will not have phone, water, electricity, nothing. And you're, you're going to be up there, and they said it would be a great time to spend some quiet time with the Lord. I'm like, well, what are the other options? Because I don't see any. Right? And, and so we got up there, and I remember we were driving up, and we were driving up the mountains, and everybody in the van was sick. I mean sick, because they're from Indiana, so they're not used to all this kind of stuff, and I'm sitting in the front seat just having a ball. They're like, what is, I'm like, this is like Rocky Step, calm down. Like, I was like, this is exciting for me. I feel like I'm at home. Feels like I'm out on Bills Creek, just zooming through it, and, and I remember we were going through the mountains. They did not see the beauty, but I truly did, because to me, the mountains mean home for me. And so when I was looking at this beauty, we got to the top of the, the, the highest point in Thailand. And I remember I was sitting up there, I was completely by myself because everybody else was, <laughs> was trying to sleep uh, so they didn't feel the motion sickness. So I was up by myself for hours. I was sitting on a mountain and I remember I was looking out and I saw the most beautiful, beautiful uh, sunset I've ever seen. The most beautiful color. I posted a picture about it. I'm talking like purples I've never seen before. And then it hit me. I know how those sunbeams are hitting me. But for the first time, I really slowed down and I realized the who. The beauty that you see every day as you travel, the beauty that you see every day when you look at your kids, the beauty you see every day when you look at your spouse, the beauty you see every day when you look at yourself in the mirror, that beauty only comes from one who, and that is God. He has created every single one of you. I know a lot of times when the road gets rough, 
and windy, and when the road can have bumps in it like we are experiencing, all the way to Cambodia, a lot of times you can forget who the who is. Church, that's my prayer for you today is maybe you guys need to slow down a little bit and realize who the who is. We miss out on a lot because we get in such a hurry. But when we look at, we look at science, science will tell us where things are at. Science can even tell you where the good things are at, right? They, they rate them. So you get on Google and you're like, what's the best places to see a sunrise or a sunset? Don't, don't look at me like that. You guys have all done that at some point, right? We, we Google where the most beautiful things are. Church, they're right in front of you. You just don't realize it. We have to slow down and we have to realize who the who is. Romans 11.33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom, knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how instructable are his ways. Romans 1.20 says, For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, church, I want you to listen to that, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. We do not physically see God make the earth, but we need to believe that he did. We need to live every day seeing his creation and know where it came from. Somebody, teenagers, kids, I'm talking to you. Somebody in the course of your life is going to try to tell you who your who should be. You will not find it from their mouths. You will find it from scripture. You will find it from knowing that God is your who. There's a lot of people out there that's trying to tell us who our who is. They're wrong, unless we're talking about God. Our who is God, and we need to understand that. Number three, why science and faith can coexist and be together. Science reveals our needs. Oh, church, this one's going to get me going. And faith reveals the solution. There's so many social sciences out there that tells us why things are wrong, why things are going rough, why, why things are bad. They're telling us what our needs are. They're telling us what we need. We, we need this much money to, 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 to survive. We, we need this much food to do this. You know, there's so many sciences out there that's telling us what we need. But not one of them is giving a solution. God tells us what our need is and our need in Scripture. He tells us is to be loved. He tells us in Scripture that our, our need isn't just to be loved, but it's to love others. And he also tells us our need is to be able to forgive and show compassion. But he just doesn't tell us that's what our need is. He tells us the solution. He tells us exactly how to do it. If you're having trouble loving your neighbor, Scripture tells us exactly how to do it. We just choose not to. If you have trouble forgiving somebody in your life, maybe in your row of this church, don't look at them. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. You know that. People have told you that. But the only solution that will ever get you there is knowing that God provides that. God provides the peace that you need. Matthew 6, 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow. They do not reap. They soar away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Psalms 8, 3 through 6 says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place... What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion 
over the works of your hands. He's telling us right there, things need to happen. Things need to change. People are telling us what needs to change. But science will never give you the solution. Science will never tell you what the solution is to improve your faith. That only comes from God. We know that we need to get better at our faith. Everyone here needs to get stronger in your faith. So many people tell you, you need to, somebody right now is telling you, you need to get stronger in your faith. We all do. The solution is not from the pulpit, it's from him. The solution is not coming from me, it's coming from God. The solution to our faith issue is God. And we need to understand that, and when we understand that, we can really appreciate how science and faith work together. But a lot of times, we listen way too loudly for what our needs are. Church, there's so many people out there that's being loud about what you need. And we listen to them. We believe them. And so we make, maybe we make poor financial decisions. Maybe we make poor health decisions. Maybe we just make poor decisions all around because we believe the need way more than we believe the person that's providing the solution. Church, I want to leave this with you and we'll enter into our last song is, is this. When we talk about our needs, everybody has them. And you know, when we, a need is presented to us, maybe we see it or we feel it or somebody tells us we have that need. Church, we trust them. And a lot of times it's hard for us to trust them, but we do. You know, we have somebody that tells us that you need to do this, 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 and this. Church, we need to have as much faith in the solution as we do as we believe in the problem. Everybody here knows that there's things going on that are a problem. Everybody here knows that there's things in your life, in your home. Kids, you believe, you know there's problems at school. There's problems maybe on your sports team. We believe way too much in the problem. We need to be more, we need to believe more in the solution. But all of our focus is going on the problem and not on the solution. That's not faith. That's fear. We truly believe that whatever is over here that, that, that as people are telling us we need this, we, we, this is an issue, that's fear. We're afraid of it. You don't need to be afraid of God. Heavenly Father, we come to you and God, my simple prayer is this. God, we truly believe you are exactly who you say you are. God, we believe that you're the God of the heavens and the earths and the earth and all the animals. And God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you. And we know that, God, you are our who. God, you're the one that created all the beauty that we see every day. God, we know you're the who that gives, gave us a purpose. But God, most importantly, we know that you're the one that gave us our why. God, why, why are we here? God, that's a question that we can only seek from you and nobody else. God, so I pray as we go into this last song, God, that we really open our hearts to who you say we are. God, we really open our hearts to why we're here and most importantly, how we can fix the things that we need to fix. God, you are the solution, you are the Savior, and we love that about you. In your glorious name, amen. So I ask during this time, as we go into this last song, if, I want you guys to pray with your family if they're in the pew with you.
Pray over your household. Pray that, that God shows you your why as a family. God has a purpose for not every person, but every family as well. Every person in your family. Maybe you need to pray that maybe you don't know who the who is. That's, my, that's what I want you to do in this, this time. Just pray with your family. Lift him up in a way that only he can. Let's stand.